love riding my bike. I love running. I don't care what they think about it. I love it. At that point, when I knew I was going to win, chills just went up and down my entire body. I don't believe there are any good or bad foods. Food is food. I still feel so passionate about getting that record that I'm like, I'm just going to do it. As an athlete, I was like, what's my story or what's your story? What can you learn from it? And what can you teach people? Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. I'm Alyssa Gadeski here with my co-host. And I wish this is like one of the episodes I wish I could do some kind of accent or imitation or something of like, I don't even know, a Mickey Mouse voice, a Minnie Mouse voice or something um, to bring on to the show my co-host Haley Chura, who just had a whirlwind four days doing the Dopey Challenge at Walt Disney World in Florida. Um, for anyone who may have missed last week's episode, go back and listen. But the spoiler is that the Dopey Challenge is four days of racing, 5K, 10K, half marathon, and full marathon at uh, Walt Disney World in Florida. And it is, it seems like quite an adventure. Haley documented a lot of it for us on her Instagram, but I have a lot more questions um, and I need to know a lot more details. I got some Instagram mailbags from people um, that have a few questions about how things went down too. But first, just welcome, welcome back. It looks like you're back in Bozeman, Haley. Um, how are you feeling? How are you doing after four hard days of race? Those are all really, really hard races to race. <laughs> Hi, Alyssa. It is good to be back at home. I it was a whirlwind, and I did fly out after the marathon. I know that a lot of folks actually stay and and they go to magic kingdom on Monday with all their medals, because you get six medals. If you do the four races, because you get one medal for each race and then there are different challenges. Uh, and I of course did the dopey challenge, which gets a medal for doing 5k, 10k half marathon, a marathon. And then the goofy challenge is the half marathon and marathon. But if you do dopey, you get goofy too. So lots of, 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 uh, bling that I got to bring home with me, but, uh, had to get back home and to cowboy in the snow, but it was the coolest experience. And I am glad I, I documented a lot of it on my social media, just because I'm glad I have that, those memories and a place to store all the photos because the photos at Disney, they don't mess around there with those photos. Uh, they were some of the best race photos I've ever, ever seen. And not just of me, I raced with my friend Shelly and, uh, my sister Hannah, and they, they started in different waves. We all started in different waves. And so it was fun to kind of hear about their experiences from different parts of the course and just hitting different parks at different times and, and their experiences. But we all are coming away very tired, very tired. I'm very sore, <laughs> incredibly sore, um, but also very happy and, and feeling that Disney magic. And Haley, you won three of the four races over the weekend. Um, were you going into, you know, we didn't really talk about it, I don't think, last week. Were you you're, you know, you had talked about how you were actually a little sick the week prior. Um, so you weren't sure how things were going to shake out going into these races. Was your race plan to race each race as if it was a standalone and just see how it goes and manage within that? What were you shooting for? No, I was not shooting for the win. Um, I did not, I didn't know how these were going to play out. I think the Disney races, the Disney ethos is not necessarily about winning. I think, um, I think it is a lot more about enjoyment and entertainment, happiness, costumes, um, being really proud of yourself for being at the race and being a part of the race and living a moderately healthy lifestyle as much as, you know, getting up at 2am and running a race can be called healthy. But I, I think that that that's kind of more the Disney ethos. And I wanted to respect that the Disney culture, but I also, I am a competitor. And so 
when I was sick before I was like, Oh my goodness, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But I think getting healthy and getting over that stomach bug gave me kind of a new lease on life and a new appreciation for my health and what my body is able to do. And so I, I intended to go pretty hard for the shorter races, always like the 5k, 10k and even half marathon. I feel like I have enough training in, in the bank and, um, enough race experience that I can kind of hammer out a good shorter race. Uh, the marathon, I never intended to run even as fast as I did. Um, I actually initially had planned to run with my friend Shelly and just really take in the sights and enjoy the the whole experience. But after I had won the first three races, um, I was like, oh, I, I mean, I guess I should put myself in some sort of position to possibly win a fourth. And in 2022, Brittany Charbonneau is a professional runner. And I think now does a lot of trail running. She won all four races and I had somewhat followed her journey. And she's also a really hilarious athlete. I think she's funny runner 26.2 on Instagram and just someone I definitely admire. And so knowing that she had done that, I, you know, I would have been the second person to, to do that. And I would love to be on that list, but I also know what goes into running a really hard marathon. And when Brittany won, she ran a 245 marathon, which is really fast, you know, having done a 5k, 10k half marathon. And so I knew I was not in shape to run a 245. And so I put myself in a position to run a strong marathon and, uh, I did, I ran a 255, which is a very good yeah, time. Really, running. really strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, it was, it was only good enough for fourth, but I'm also like, oh my goodness, I got fourth. That was amazing. So just, there were some really, really fast women. And I knew that I, I was too far behind them and I just did not have that training under my belt or, or necessarily the desire to go to the well at this point in the season on January 7th, knowing that I am planning to race a full full triathlon Ironman season this year. And so I have to be a little bit smart about things. So I think, I think I approached it the right way. We'll see how I come out over the next couple of weeks. And the three women ahead of you had not been participating in the Dopey challenge, correct? No, no. Okay. So that is another recall. So you did That's win, what... you won the Dopey. I mean, clearly. Yes. I think for, <laughs> yeah, I won the Dopey for women at least. Um, And, and I do think that is a challenging part of, of winning all four races is that you have people who are just doing a single event in each each day. And one thing that really did work in my favor was that the half marathon was shortened because of a storm. It was shortened to 7.1 miles. And I think that that did work a little bit in my favor because one, I think I'm a pretty adaptable athlete. I'm, I'm someone who from racing triathlon, I'm used to courses being shortened. I'm used to having to pivot and do something a little bit different. I also think I'm pretty good at going hard for a short distance. And honestly, even right now in January, early January, a half marathon is a pretty far distance for me. And so I was like, okay, I can go out here and I can go hard for, for seven miles. Um, and so I did, and actually I think that might've been like one of my fastest, like per, I don't know if the 10 K or the, you know, which is like 6.2 or 7.1, they were actually really, really similar pace. Um, and I think my 5k, they were all very similarly paced. Those three, I kind of just have a Iron Man athlete. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it was, it was a cool experience. And I mean, Alyssa, so you mentioned social media because I, and I t alluded to this last week that I was going to be wearing some costumes that I considered fairly ambitious. And I think I pulled it off. Yeah. Tell us about these costumes because um, one of the questions is that I did get from Instagram is that wanting to know if the cape you were wearing caused chafing. And then oh, another costume question, actually, how did you, did you plan these? I guess 
trying to figure out functional, like both theme-based and functional costumes. Like what was your approach for the costume planning? Yeah, it was, it was theme-based and functional. That's, those are good, uh, good descriptions. So I, I did, we had to sign up for these races, I think back in April. And so I've had a long time to think about this and I have several good friends and athletes who have done many of the run Disney races. And so I had seen pictures of them and I knew that this was a big deal. The costumes are a big deal. And so I haven't really ever done a costume run. I, I dabbled with it a little bit when I ran that half marathon in October with my friend Megan and we dressed as Taylor Swift. Um, and it was really fun. It was very fun. We got a lot of comments on our sparkle skirts. And I was also surprised that the sparkle skirt, like didn't really change how I felt while running at all. Um, I felt just the same. I wore shorts underneath. And so it felt pretty, pretty normal, except that you get a lot of like cheers being like, I love your skirt. And so all good things. Um, and maybe you want to wear a skirt in Iron Man then. I mean, I might, I don't know. I like my neon shorts too. Um, I mean, like, I don't know if I have the brain power to add on one more thing, <laughs> transition and Ironman, but you know, I will, I'm, I could, you know, if the opportunity arose, I would wear a sparkle skirt in Ironman, but I think, um, Megan is a very creative person. And so she, when we, I was at her house in Greenville in October, uh, cause I did, I left a lot of this planning for after Kona. Cause that was just a big took up a big chunk of my brain. So after Kona, I was like, okay, I got to get on this. And I think when I was at her house, she kind of helped me lay out the four days and, um, talk, you know, kind of, I didn't have everything then, but it was like, I decided for, she had found the wings that I wore for Tinkerbell. So I think it made by Sparkle Athletics, which is a actual, you know, apparel running brand that, um, uh, makes sparkly gear and for, for races like this. And so they had these wings and they're supposed to be like running wings. And I was a little skeptical. Um, but she had found the link and I've ordered them and I, they, they sat in my closet for a while and I, I never tested them until race morning. And so I had, you know, the Tinkerbell sparkly skirt that my mom had found a shirt off Etsy and, um, light up bow because it's in the dark and then these wings and my friend Shelly kind of we just were like winging it really on how I tied them to my shirt and I was like did a little like jog in the hotel room which was the first time I tried them and I was like I think they'll work um so it was a lot of unknown going into that but I figured I'd be more aggressive on the accessories on the shorter races and then run in more running wear for the longer races and so for the 5k I was like you know if these are going terrible I'll figure out how to like take them off and throw them in a trash can or something like that. Because that's one nice thing about running through Disney parks. There's like real bathrooms and real trash cans and they're very well supported. So I knew I'd be able to figure this out, but running in them actually felt pretty normal. Like I think maybe at a certain point when I had a tailwind, um, they were kind of pressed up more against me and I felt them a little bit more and maybe they were a little warm, but mostly I got a lot of extra cheers, a lot of go Tinkerbell cheers. And that was extra fun. And then those the race photo finish photos were, were definitely worth any, any, uh, um, you know, discomfort, but I don't, those didn't, I didn't really have much chafing at all. So the Kate question that came from day two, I dressed as Elsa from frozen and, uh, I was kind of repurposing the blue skirt from my Taylor Swift, 1989 costume. And then, uh, but I wanted to make sure it was a little bit different. And so I found that Cape online and, Disney does have a few rules on the costumes and, you know, like I think capes can't go past your waist. So it's like, it was a children's huh. cape that went just my waist and my, it, it like Velcroed. And so my initial plan was to wear it around my neck and then it covered my shoulders. And Shelly was like, 
I think maybe we should try pinning it. So it's just not quite as much like constricting. And that was a good plan. But uh, she was able to pin it on. And again, I had never tried it. I tried it in the hotel right before and steamed okay. And and that was another one where I got a little bit lucky on the 10K day because it was a lot cooler. It was a much cooler race morning. And so having that extra fabric um, was okay. And probably felt it the most when I had a tailwind and it's like pressed more against me. But I, I love the finish line pictures with the cape too. I wish I could have figured out a little bit more how to like, like, you know, throw out. Me. <laughs> I don't know if that would have worked, if it would have worked. If it, it's a, the timing on those photos, even though there's quite a few photographers is difficult. So, um, I'm sure there's an art to it, but I, I love having it. I mean, I, I really love the costume run. I don't think it slowed me down that much. I ran 36.59 was my official time, which um, is a pretty good 10K time for me. I think, uh, you know, with or without a cape, like I don't think I would have been much fa faster without a cape. Yeah, that's super, super fast, super fast. And then uh, the half marathon it did get end up getting shortened, right? And so um, right. there was weather moving in to the Disneyland Park. We actually talk a little bit more about this. So I don't, we don't want need to get into it too much because with our guest that we have on the podcast today. Um, but you know, did you start to like believe in yourself more or less as the days went on, like facing the half marathon day, right? What was like, were you like, Oh yeah, I'm like, I'm built for this. I'm like, Iron Man has prepared me for this. Or were you like, yeah, no, this was not a great idea. Haley. No, I was, I, I mean, I, I do talk about this. I went to the parks after the 5k and 10k day because we're at Disney and we wanted to go and, um, with Shelly and my sister. And so we did the park hopper and we went to, uh, animal kingdom and Epcot after the 5k. And then we did, went to magic kingdom and Hollywood studios on the second day. And I was riding rides. Like I got to do a lot of the big rides. I got to do Tron, which is a new Disney ride at Ma magic kingdom. We got on that one and we sat in the front and Alyssa, this is actually the funniest because you're kind of like on a motorcycle type thing. And so, uh, I haven't seen the movie, but it was very, very cool. And you like launch off and you go like zero to 60, but the triathlete in me was like, stay arrow. And so I was like super low and in the picture. We were in the very front too. Shelly and I were in the very front and I'm like staying so low. And uh, we sent the picture afterwards to another one of my friends and they're like, Haley and arrow. Because yeah, that, I think that friend might be the one who was commenting on in an Instagram question about your degrade your own arrow position in the Tron. And I was like, what does this even mean? I don't know. I don't know. I was very arrow when I was riding that Tron motorcycle, um, which I don't think you absolutely have to be because they should give you a picture afterwards. Right. And you can see the people behind me. And I was like, people with no hands, which I'm like, I could never, I could never do that. No hands. I got a little bit better on the other roller coasters. Like when I was one of the first roller coasters I rode was Everest on, in Animal Kingdom. And I was like gripping on for dear life. But then by the second day, we rode Slinky Dog, which is also like a very fun roller coaster. And I was like, hands up in the air. Um, I, when Shelly had last been at the parks over Thanksgiving, she actually got to ride Slinky Dog on this at the same time as Serena Williams and Olympia, her daughter. Yes. And so we were in, 
I was actually sitting in the same seat that Serena had sat in um, when she rode. So, <laughs> I mean, I just mean a few, kind a few of like when we showered in the locker room, right? At Indian Wells, where <laughs> she's played. It's like you're following her around. You're just one step behind. So it's bound to happen greatness. that your paths greatness. cross. Greatness. <laughs> greatness, it can rub off. I mean, maybe like, yeah, the greatness was like just sitting in that roller coaster waiting for me to pick it up. But I, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised with my performances. Oh, and go back to costumes. So my day three half marathon slash 7.1 mile costume was as a Dalmatian. And I had just gotten a Viore outfit that when I saw it, I was like, that looks like a Dalmatian. And I was like, ha, huh. I think Megan was like, you could absolutely do that. And then I wore a red choker as like a collar. So that one was like a sports bra, regular shorts, very much a regular running outfit because I thought I'd be running a half marathon. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to run a half marathon with wings, you know, that kind of thing, accessories at this point. Now I actually think I might, but Back then, pre-Disney Haley was like, we got to keep this pretty, um, pretty controlled. And I did add a lot of sparkles. So this is something I got from Alexi Pappas, who you know, when she's run the a lot of races, like the New York City Marathon most recently, which I think I got a lot of inspiration from that, watching that race. Uh, she has like a ton of sparkles, like all over. I mean, I did not go Alexi Pappas level, but I had looked, seen something online on like an Instagram story or something about how this girl, she put like hair, like hair gel in her hair and then just put like regular biodegradable sparkles on her hair, like glitter. And so I just bought some hair gel and bought some biodegradable sparkles and like put it all over my hair. And then around my face, it's like this stuff called like unicorn snot, which actually has like some like light sparkles in it, but it's a little bit sticky. And then I just stuck the biodegradable sparkles like on top of that. And it worked pretty well. I thought it looked really good. And so this is really funny because maybe 2024 will be the year of the sparkles because I'm not even racing right now, but in preparation for racing, one of the only things that I have bought is sparkles because Jesse Diggins actually is like sponsored by a sunscreen company and they made like a special sparkle thing for her because they've all been wearing it on the US ski teams. And it's like, you do like a thing, you know, they give you like the sticky, I don't know, it's probably like a sunscreen, I guess. And then you put the biodegradable glitter on and they actually gave like Team USA stencils, which is pretty fun. But um, I, I too, am a huge fan of the sparkles. I, and I fully endorse this. And I think the only thing we have to really think through is obviously the swim with triathlon, but yeah. um, I don't know, maybe that's going to be another thing with your skirt that you just toss your sparkles on in T2 and go on your way. Yes. Or, you know, if your race gets changed to a duathlon, there is an upside. We can do some sparkles or something, but, um, yeah, it is a little bit hard with the swim, but, uh, I had a lot of fun with the costumes. My fourth costume for the marathon was dopey. And that was because it was the dopey challenge. Shelly also does or dressed as dopey and my sister Hannah kind of dressed as dopey. And so I think there were a lot of people dressed as dopey and it, I wore a fairly, you know, conservative dopey costume. It was just the sparkle skirt, um, a green top that I already had, of course, because I own quite a bit of green tops, but, um, and then a lot of gold sparkles and my hair and on my face. And that was, that was fun. The sparkles came off a little bit when it rained, which was a little bit of a downside, but you know, what do you do? And I, I think that worked out pretty well. I think in the future, I would be a little bit more ambitious. Do you think even with the marathon outfit, um, just because it's just so fun. I don't know if Alyssa, I don't know if I'll ever run another running race, like in a normal outfit ever again. I don't, I don't know if I can, I feel like it's, this has changed me a little bit. Yeah. I fully support this plan of action. And, um, one of the other things I saw on your gram Haley was that you ran into 
uh, a fellow, an Iron Woman guest before, um, fellow triathlete Jenny Hansen. Was she were there running the marathon? So Jenny was there with team and training and they had a huge group and she was one of the coaches. And it was actually so cool to run into her because uh, I actually really recently recorded an interview with her and Palmira uh, Alvarez, who have both recently retired. And so that will be coming out in a few weeks. Uh, and so I had just talked to her and um, it was fun to see her in person and just sort of see another Ironman triathlete from like at in a different context, but still in the endurance sports world. And, and that was really, really neat. So she was actually doing a lot of coaching, like mid race. So she was running parts of the race, coaching her athletes, like in the race, which I'm like, wow. that is next level coaching. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's fun to catch up with, with Jenny and hopefully, yeah, stay in tune in the next couple of weeks. Cause we'll have that, that, that full interview and we can hear more about what, what Jenny's up to these days. Um, okay, Haley, do, did we miss any of the Disney things? Because we're, we're actually talking, I already mentioned, we're talking more Disney coming up within our interview, but I want to make sure we cover, uh, what we need to cover. So I feel like I we had... talk a little bit more about the marathon and like, tell us exactly how, how that felt. Yeah, I, I do want to talk more about the marathon. So thank you for bringing that up. But I, I went into the marathon knowing again, that I had not done the training to go uh best time, but I wanted to go a strong marathon. And I think that there was, there is some crossover between Ironman and, and starting a marathon, very tired. And I, I hurt like that morning, that the day before and that morning, I was very sore because I had basically run like 16 miles at around six minute pace over the previous three races. And that's, I actually was thinking, I'm like, Never have I written a training plan for an athlete where we were doing a marathon. And then the day before I was like, go run seven miles as hard as you can. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but that was basically what I had done. And so I, I kind of knew I needed to be smart about it. And I had texted Matthew Rose, my coach and kind of like, Hey, I'm in this situation. I've won three of the four races so far. You know, what do I do? Like, do I, I go with the initial plan where I was going to run with Shelly and, um, and, you know, we were going to go for five to six hours, um, of marathoning or, you know, do I run my own race? And, and he did think he's like, I think if you aim for around three hours, like we will come out of this. Okay. Because I don't want to jeopardize the rest of my season. And so that was the plan. So I, I did run really controlled through the early miles, like aiming for right about six fifty pace to get three hours, which is not easy for me. I mean, even when I haven't run <laughs> a few previous days and my legs hurt, but I felt okay. I fueled well. Um, it was obviously a, a easier pace compared to the previous days, but I had a lot further to go. The cool thing about the Disney marathon is that you run through all four parks. And so you run on a lot of highway because it's, it's a wide area. I mean, to get through four parks, you have to run 26.2 miles. And so you start in Epcot, but you takes about eight miles and then you're in magic kingdom. And this is something I missed in the half was running through the castle because there's only a few Disney races that actually run through Cinderella's castle. And so you run down main street, which is a pretty iconic Disney landmark. And there were just tons of spectators. And this is before 6am, just like, I felt like thousands of people just like screaming and cheering. And that was so unexpected. Um, and the castle is just lit up. It's beautiful. And I had just been there previous days to, um, ride the races. And so I kind of had an idea where I was, went by the seven dwarfs ride, um, went by Tron and the music was just so cool. And it kind of reminded me of how fun it was to ride that ride. And I was just feeling really good coming through the castle 
was really, really neat. They had a lot of photographers outside there to get that, that shot with the castle behind you. And, um, and then you, the second park that you run through, you hit about, well, 14 or 15, you get to animal kingdom and that's just a really stunningly beautiful park in the daylight. And also at night, there's just a lot of like lights hung up there. You can hear the animals. I could hear the monkeys making noise. And that was just really, really cool. And when I went through Animal Kingdom, it was still dark and the park was closed. But later in the day, a lot of the athletes, when the park is open, they'll actually ride the Everest roller coaster. And another athlete I coach, Christine, she did ride it. And so I'm waiting on her to send me her, her photo that she got from riding the ride. But I just can't even imagine. Part of me is just like, like, how do you do that? My mile 15, you still have quite a bit of running to do. But um, it's just, again, part of that Disney ethos of like really maximizing your experience with character photos and uh, and riding a ride if you can. But uh, I didn't, but I mean, maybe I would in the future, given the opportunity. And, um, now that I know the Everest roller coaster is so much fun, but after Everest and or animal kingdom, you have another fairly long highway stretch until you get to Hollywood studios. And that's, you run by the tower of terror and, um, Hollywood, you don't get to run by the Star Wars exhibit, but I had visited that previous days and which is incredible. I think it's fairly new and I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but it's just visually stunning. The, like, I don't know. I mean, all that goes into putting together these worlds and the rides and everything is just so impressive. And, um, so we didn't get to quite see that, but when I got to Hollywood studios, it was pouring rain. I'm like splashing through puddles and just trying to like tell myself, embrace this adventure. I knew at that point I was too far behind to get the win. I didn't know what exact place I was in, but there's a section around mile 20 where you go into a parking lot for Blizzard Beach, which is uh, the water park. And I knew I was several minutes behind another woman who I could see ahead of me. And so I was like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna win this, but I think there is still some value in running a strong, fairly well-paced marathon. And maybe I can use this to kind of remind myself of these sensations for when I get into an Ironman and I'm running off the bike and, and I can, you know, just have this to look back on and how I did finish strong. So that was my goal. Those last six miles was just to like, keep my form good. Can, you know, pretend I was in an Ironman and just sort of be like, I want to finish strong because I do think one of my goals as a triathlete still is to, run an Ironman marathon under three hours. I haven't done that. And so, uh, this was a good practice. And, and so then you finish up in Epcot and run through the world showcase. And that is an area too, that if you're going through when it's, it's open, I've heard of athletes like stopping in Mexico to get a margarita. Um, a lot of people will stop and get the Mickey shaped pretzels and, you know, run through the finish line with holding up their Mickey shaped pretzels. And so there's a lot of fun traditions that you can really get into, but I just soaked it up and just really appreciated it because I'd had four chances to run through there. And so now I got to run through in the daylight and I knew where I was. I, I kind of appreciated how, how special that race was. And every race, as you come around the final bend, there's this gospel choir singing and it's just really cool. And um, so I soaked that in. I soaked in that finish line experience. And I just, I'm really proud of myself for doing it. But I'm also thankful that Shelly had this idea. And I'm thankful for my friends and athletes who told me about the magic of these races because they are so different than other races that I've done. And 
I think that something, when I look back on my long endurance sports career, I'm just so thankful and happy that I'm still having fun and having new race experiences and have things to keep me going. And I'm also, yeah, fairly impressed with uh, my speed. And so I'm, I'm really, really happy with it all. Yeah. I think it sets you up for a great kind of build back into triathloning. And I, I think that it's clear, uh, yeah, I think you'll, that sub three hour marathon in an Ironman is coming this, this season for you. I'm calling it now people. I'm calling it now. Thanks. I, uh, thanks for the confidence. I hope so. I just, it is fun to have little goals like that, you know, after going into my like 11th year as a professional. And so it's fun to still have that going, but I, I highly recommend the run Disney races. If anyone is looking for just a unique and fun experience, it's, they are a little bit hard to get into. They sell out. And so it is one of those things where you'd have to look up the dates. Do you have to sign up for each on one computer. individually, or is there a way to just sign up for the Dopey challenge in one fell swoop? You sign up for the Dopey challenge in one fell okay. swoop. So when you, when you go to sign up, it's like, you have the options of individual races or the challenges. And I felt like a lot of people, I think there were at least 8,000 people who signed up for the dopey challenge. It is very popular to do all of them. And after the 5k, I actually met a man at the finish line who had run pretty fast. So I ran like an 18 minute 5k and he was not, not far by me. And he is known as a perfect dopey. So he, this was his 10th year doing the dopey challenge and yeah, which is just so impressive because that means every early January, he's been healthy enough to do a 5k, 10k, half marathon, a marathon. I mean, it's the people you meet are really, really cool. The costumes you get to see, there were some incredible costumes. So I'm coming away tired, but inspired and very happy. And it really, they don't call Disney the happiest place on earth for nothing. No, they don't. And as uh, one quick thing, I guess, before we introduce our guests for the week, we um, are still taking mailbag questions. I mentioned that some of them came in through Instagram this past week. But if you have questions, Disney or non-Disney related, uh, everyone, to send us for our mailbag segment, send them to ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And our guest this week is Disney themed. We are chatting with Carissa Galloway, who is the announcer at all of the Run Disney events and several Ironman events. And we had Chris on the show about a year ago when she talked about her role as an announcer. And we wanted to bring her back as we celebrate this Disney magic, especially now that I have a lot more appreciation for what she does and the community that she's part of and the energy that she brings. So we will have that full conversation and more Disney magic right after a word from our sponsors. All right, Alyssa, I'm like starting to swim more again. And I feel like you were swimming a lot last year with, oh, with one water. And how did you keep your hair from getting so destroyed? I was swimming so much last year and I used to try hard, Kelly, and I still swear by it. They have extensively researched this problem and created a superior vegan, dermatologically tested proprietary blend. Try hard has shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and more stuff. Everything you're gonna need for your pre and post swim necessities. I've also seen that top pros like Chelsea Sodaro and Lucy Charles Barkley also praise the effectiveness of TryHard. I think it's like definitely changed how good I feel just coming out of chlorine. And we have a code right now too for anyone who wants to try, you know, <laughs> try TryHard and stop suffering from dry, itchy skin, having their hair get all, you know, green, which happens to me because mine's like super blonde and get all beat up. You can try any of the TryHard products with the code 20FEISTY, that's 20FEISTY, for 20% off 
storewide at tryhard.co. So that's 20 feisty for 20% off at tryhard.co. Racing has begun, which means training is not an off-season mode anymore. We love having an extra something for those hard days, and lately we've been using AminoCo products for that mental and physical boost. I first tried adding a scoop of AminoCo Perform to a glass of water before hard workouts. My workouts were feeling so good that I even made sure to pack a canister Perform for my recent races. And Heal was an easy add to my post-workout routine. The chocolate flavor is really good. And it has the essential amino acids needed to trigger muscle protein synthesis. Targeted essential amino acid formulas like this are four times more effective than any protein source. All AminoCo products are 100% science-backed. Created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher, Dr. Robert Wolf, who has also completed 62 marathons in under two hours and 30 minutes. Wait, Haley, 62 marathons under two hours and 30 minutes? Yes, Alyssa, I double checked it. That is correct. 62 marathons in under two hours and 30 minutes. Dr. Robert Wolf knows how to run fast. That is incredible. And for our listeners, you can try AminoCo Perform and Heal or any of the AminoCo products for 30% off with the code IRONWOMEN at aminoco.com forward slash IRONWOMEN. Carissa Galloway, welcome back to the Iron Women podcast. I'm so excited to be back. I mean, but I feel like now we're back to talk about you and your exciting weekend. I know because we talked about a year ago on Iron Women. You were a guest, Iron Women. We talked to you kind of as an announcer for Iron Man races and Run Disney was a little bit tangential. And then since then, I have now had a very full Run Disney experience. We're talking right after the Walt Disney World Marathon weekend where I competed in the Dopey Challenge, which was a 5K, 10K, storm shortened half marathon. I'm still calling it a half marathon. And then a marathon on consecutive days. You were there as the race announcer. And I think first, I just, I want to hear about this from your perspective, because now I have seen you in action on stage very early every morning, bringing the energy in costume can you tell us what goes on into that behind the scenes? Like how, how early are you getting up and getting ready? Yeah. So to set the stage for anybody that is Iron Man, we are completely different now. We, our directors consider it like we're doing a TV show essentially. So we will come in two days before the race. Uh, we'll have one day of rehearsals where we have scripts for every single race. There's between four and seven different announcers we get we stay on disney property which is a huge perk of the job that we get to sleep in a wonderful disney hotel it's so fun and we get picked up at 1 30 or 1 15 a.m um then we are driven to the start line we'll do a rehearsal at we actually go to two different stages we do two different little why don't i say little we do a start line show where the dj is we call it the family reunion lot where people will come after the race we say hi, we interview some runners, then we'll go back to a trailer. We actually have trailers behind the stage where we break and get dressed and have snacks. Um, sometimes they have fireplaces. <laughs> um, and then we'll do our start line show, which typically starts an hour before the first start. And then it takes us about an hour to send off all the runners. So 
We're effectively on stage with a DJ, with videos, with characters for about two hours. So it's extremely different from getting to a transition at 4.30 in the morning of an Iron Man and just having us be like, this is the water temp. This is when it closes. You know, it's like a totally, it's like, woo, the cha-cha slide and let's have a dance party. Oh, here's a video. It's different. Uh, but Haley, did you enjoy all of that? I had so much fun. I, I went in with pretty high expectations because I've had several friends and athletes who have done run Disney races and have just raved about them. And so I was like, I, I have to check this out. And I, I mentioned last week on our show that my friend Shelly is fairly new to the whole Disney life. She went with her family like a few years ago and I think has just embraced it fully and gone so many times. And so she's turning 40 this year and decided what she wanted to do to kick off her her birthday year was run the dopey challenge. And we had to sign up for this like quite far in advance. I think it was like last April and it's signing up is, is kind of stressful because these races sell out. And now I see why they are very well-run productions and seems like a lot of people come back because you have a lot of fans, Carissa, like uh, you're up there, but I mean, everyone knows you. Well, they have to listen to us from anywhere from like at best an hour to at worst two hours. And imagine if you're doing dopey and you're in the last wave, it's like eight hours of listening to us and you weren't there, but there's some, there's some strange things that happen as it, as it goes on. We had a guy playing bagpipes one race up on stage. We had people singing the country bear songs. I mean, it's just, we try to keep it fun, I guess. And my thought is like, if I'm bored, then you're obviously bored standing there. So I want to keep it fun. And I kind of go into the same mentality I do when we're doing a swim start. And again, Haley, you're gone. You're swimming. But other athletes are waiting like 45 to an hour to swim. So I try to like distract them because I think that's the worst part of a race. When you're nervous, when you're anxious, and you just have to wait. So I just try to distract, entertain, tell bad jokes, whatever it takes to get you to forget about the fact that you're about to do something that's that's really hard. And before we like dig in too much more to this weekend, I just have to kind of highlight for our listeners who aren't really realizing it already. So Haley ran, you announced Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? So four giant days. Plus it sounds like Kirsty, you had a couple days of prep going into that. Haley, you had travel on either side. We are talking on Monday for our listeners. So like we didn't put off this interview till Tuesday. Carissa has graciously uh, taking some time to talk to us today. And I think you're sitting there like at your daughter's gymnastics practice. So you just like jump two feet back into mom life, but like, how are you both feeling today in general, like coming down off of this kind of, you know, exuberant weekend that's physically taxing for both of you in different ways. Right. Yeah. Um, so what I will say is that thank you to Iron Man because nothing seems difficult after you've announced an Ironman. Um, this week it used to be like, oh my gosh, I announced a whole marathon. Look at me. And then Iron Man has really honed my endurance energy skills, I will say. Uh, for me, it's about getting to sleep. And this week is unique because this is the first time we have gone back to races in Disneyland. So all these races are happening at the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida, where we have four race weekends. Next weekend, we have three races at Disneyland in Anaheim. So tomorrow at 5.55 a.m., I will be flying over to Disneyland. So I'm trying to get in all the mom life today. But today, you're energized by the event. So that's kind of how I feel. Haley, I know you flew back yesterday. So how's your recovery and energy going? I, I'm pretty wrecked today, in all honesty. I feel like I haven't slept in about a week, but... 
I uh, did manage a very sh short shakeout some today, and that helped a lot. There are some perks to being to being a triathlete and kind of knowing how to uh, to recover with a different sport. But I have this like like this joy from being at Disney and being at the Run Disney races, and I have seen this. I have seen this in my athletes where they are exhausted but so happy, and now I get to feel it, and that's what is carrying me forward. I think I was most surprised by the run Disney community and just how incredible it was. It was incredibly kind. It was incredible costumes. I, I put a, quite a bit of thought into my costumes, but other people were next level. And I think just the certain amount of, of joy that permeated all of the races. And I think that that was really unique. I've done a lot of races, but I don't think I've done any races that were quite so, so friendly and happy. And I guess that is the Disney ethos. Yeah, definitely. I think when Disney started, so this was the 31st running, I guess, at the marathon with COVID, you get in that, that weird space. It was just to bring people to Disney when Disney was quiet, when attendance was low. John Hughes from here had always dreamed of having a marathon in Orlando, so they brought it here. And I think it was with 20, you know, 20 years in, and in the last 10 years or so, it's really switched to be like the most fun. People come and they feel comfortable and safe sort of being whatever version of their self, themselves that they want to. And we've had people say, my whole life, I felt embarrassed to be an athlete. I feel like if I went to a race, nobody else looked like me. Nobody was going to go at my pace. I was going to be embarrassed. And they come to Disney and we're like, no, wear a dress if you want. Wear a tutu if you want. Like, come have fun. Be your pace. Be proud of yourself for whatever you can do. So it's a very different mindset, but we hope that it is inclusive and inspiring and that for people who have never had the endorphin rush or like the life-changing impact that like starting a running and fitness routine can have, um, we see that a lot too. So it's a little bit different than other races out there, but we think it's different in a in a good way. And we had so many great stories. Some of my favorite stories were, I don't know how many you could hear Haley, but like, this is my sister. We see each other once a year and we do dopey. Like, this is my dad. You know, we, we this is the time we get to spend together. And I think that's really cool that people make it like a highlight of their year to come do this with people they love. Yeah, I, I definitely felt that. And you co-host the 321 Go podcast with John Pelkey, who is your co-announcer at a lot of these run Disney events. And now I understand the significance of 321 Go because that is what you you yell before the fireworks go off for each wave of the race. And it is a very, very special moment. But I was listening to one of your shows earlier this year and one of the most fascinating things I heard was that you don't get to pick your costumes. Someone else does. So how many days in advance do you know what you're going to be wearing on stage? Yes. Yeah, so I said we get there, you know, two days early. So if the race weekend, this weekend, it started on a Thursday, Wednesday, Wednesday, we go into a fitting. There's all of these racks of costumes. The Disney costumers are there. And I guess they have, I mean, not, I guess they have these meetings where it's like, okay, here's the, the, the race theme. Here are characters that fit in the theme which announcer is going to be what, what are some characters they could be? And the Disney customers go and they buy pieces. Sometimes they buy them off Etsy. Sometimes they, they make them themselves. So we have absolutely no say in who we are, um, but they do a great job. Um, it's really always fun to see what they come up with. Sometimes it's less than comfortable like wearing like four different tutus and like stuff, but um, it's always fun. And I think as you saw, like it really adds an element to it because we're up on stage. There's these enormous screens all over the giant parking lot. It's the Epcot parking lot that we're in. And I think that just kind of adds to 
how the production feels. And that started in Disneyland around 2010. Um, before that, we just wore like what we wear at Iron Man, a polo shirt, you know, pants. They were still up on the screen, but it didn't have that kind of fun. And I think that gives the runners the freedom or the athletes, as we say, to, to have fun as well. And you saw the links that some people go to for costumes, you know, people dressed as the monorail, people dressed as Slinky Dog, people in just amazing outfits. Carissa, what was the theme this year? And can you tell us your outfits? Yeah, so the Marathon Weekend is always the most classic theme because that's usually you know, Mickey, Minnie. It celebrates what we call the Fab Five, which is like Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, and Pluto. I think I got that right. So every race has a different uh, sort of host character. So the 5K was the Pluto, 10K is Chip and Dale, Half Marathon is Daisy and Donald, and then the Marathon is Mickey and Minnie. There's the Goofy Challenge, which, Haley, you did by doing the Dopey Challenge, which is the Half Marathon and the Marathon. And then there's the Dopey Challenge, which is all four. But to add a layer on it, this year was the celebration of 100 years of Disney. So the way they broke up the races was each race went chronologically through the 100 years. So the first day was like the Steamboat Willie era to Snow White. The second day was, I think, Mary Poppins kind of era. The third day was the 60s to the 90s. So Jungle Book to Tarzan. And Marathon Day was Monsters, Inc. to now. So to put that in perspective, the first day, I was I was like a reach. I was an obscure, very obscure character. I was Clara Cluck, who is, I believe, a chicken that appears in some Disney shorts. Are you guys familiar with Clara Cluck? I'm not, I but I should it. be. And I'm, I'm sure there <laughs> no, are because I know. Be. That's well, that's one of the appeals is that on the course, there are all these characters and some of them are pretty obscure and yeah. people like really, really want to see the obscure characters. One of my friends who was started a bit further back um, said that there was like a sign that Clarabelle was going to be at, at one of the locations and there was like 20 people in line and the character wasn't yeah. even there yet. Oh, yeah. The obscure ones are it's part of what people go for. Even I'll admit when I get to run sometimes, I'll be like, I don't know. I don't know who that is. I got to go look at the sign. But I was Clara Cluck. And then for the rest of the weekend, I tended to be because John and I are the hosts that are on the big stage. We kind of matched the host of the weekend. So I was Chip, then I was Daisy, then I was Minnie. So it's pretty classic. Um, I've been Daisy for about 10 years of Marathon Weekend, different iterations, but uh, a lot of purple bows have been worn by me. Which one was the most comfortable this weekend? I think Chip, Chip looked very comfortable. Oh. That was a that was a 10K cold morning and you had a very fuzzy jacket on. Oh my God. Chip was probably the most comfortable, like the second most comfortable costume I've ever had. I had Uniglow sweatpants on, which were men's sweatpants. So they had to alter them for me. Like these are the links they're going to, like taking in the waist, adding in extra stuff. And then I had this big jacket that looked like Chip and Dale, but it was from Zara. So folks, if you want to dress like Chip and Dale for your winter wear, just head to Zara. You can get this fuzzy jacket too. But that was probably one of my favorite. Mini was like three skirts with like the crinlin. And just, it's a, it gets a little tight after after a while. So I know that it was uncomfortable, but sweatpants, I mean, definitely the way to go. And so Carissa, I do want to kind of walk through the races because I, I want to talk about my own experience. <laughs> and um, I will say the 5K, the first morning when that alarm went off at 2 a.m. for me, and you obviously were already on site. <laughs> um, it was it was early. And I... I really didn't know what to expect. It was actually a fairly like calm race morning. It seemed like a lot of people had been there before. So they kind of knew how the routine was. Gear drop was super easy. Uh, getting in the corral was pretty easy. And I was able to get towards the front. But 
when after that three, two, one go and, um, the fireworks go off, I'll admit like that first mile, I was like, what am I doing? Why am I running in the middle of the night? I, I think it was one of my first race experiences where I was really running in the dark. And that is a little bit unique to Disney races. It is because we have to start so early because we have to be done for the parks and the roads to reopen. So we used to start at 530 and then three years ago, it got pushed back to five o'clock, which is what you experienced. And I think your experience is very unique because you are, I mean, at the 5k, when did you take the lead? I think it was after the mile mark. It took me a little while to work myself up there. I'm I'm not the fastest starter. And again, I was still grappling with being awake and running that fast. My body is like, what are you doing? But I think it was around the mile mark. So we're in because the 5k is fully within and uh, I think it was like, we're entering the world showcase. And at this point I hadn't been to Epcot in the daylight. So was something I didn't really appreciate where I was and it was much windier than I expected and I was just like oh my goodness what am I doing with my life and I think I'm in the lead and hopefully I can keep it that was that what my thought was were a lot of photographers on course but I missed all the characters I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for them I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for the photo points and so I'm glad I got to do all four races because I, I got a little bit wiser to the run Disney uh strategies as the races went on but I will say coming across that finish line and having the tape out there and the confetti and I was dressed as Tinkerbell, which I should admit on the course, there were quite a few spectators for it being five in the morning, like quite a few spectators. And so many people were yelling, go Tinkerbell, go Tinkerbell, which was really cool. And when I got to go across that line with the confetti and the photos, oh my gosh, I'm like, this is the coolest race finish photo I've ever seen. Um, And I, I mean, it's pretty neat. I mean, I think if you put that photo next to the finish of you finishing an Ironman, like, the, <laughs> I mean, obviously the mileage is vastly different, but like, think about confetti, like, Ironman will collapse now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the contrast is, like, pretty great. So is it set up, um, like, Disney is also fresh in my mind. Carissa, I was in Disneyland um, around Christmas, day after Christmas, I went, so you know, is, are the races set up? So it's like the ride, like clearly the people who had rid, ridden Space Mountain, you know, six times a year for the past 10 years, like knew exactly where the photos were getting taken and like things like that. And so is, are the run Disney, like the races set up with similar efficiency that like, you're always going to have that photo spot. The characters are at like the same spots, like waving, you're looking for that, like those checkpoints every time. I think roughly they're going to be a lot of the same spots. Haley, you probably figured out that they're all wearing neon green our photo pass photographers so typically you can kind of see them and they'll be on both sides of the road because it does get a little bit crowded as we go through you know we had twelve thousand people each in the 5k and 10k so it can get a little bit crowded our entertainment director's goal is that there is something every third mile like one third of a mile whether that's a video screen whether that's a riddle whether that's music whether that's a band whether that's a character there's a lot to see. And at every character stop, there's going to be like the Disney photographer, and then they'll take your phone and take a picture as well. So I think some of the parts like with the boardwalk and then Epcot, they're going to be at the same place. The Disney photographers tend not to be on like those kind of road stretches where there's not that much to see. They're more or less in the park and with the characters. But yeah, people know where they are, especially coming out of the castle. Oh God, Haley, I should have told you this. When you come out of the castle, it's like you want to hang to the left and then you want to jut to the right and then jump and you get the best photo. I should have told you that. I'm sorry. Oh, this is a good, this is definitely yeah. a good insight. Um, um, I didn't get to go to the castle till the last day, but 
I I know from looking at my photos and then my friend Shelly and my friend or my sister Hannah, we were all in the same photo, photo pass. We did. I think Shelly bought a photo pass for us to go for the race days and we went to the parks after the 5k and 10k. So we got all those photos on her account and then she sent them to us, which was very nice. But uh, there were certain people like who were also in the photos and they obviously knew what they were doing. They were like perfectly framed in front of the castle, you know, arms outstretched. And we're like, that guy knew what he was doing. So I do think there's a bit of a learning curve with some of these uh, Disney races, but that was the fun thing about doing Dopey because even Shelly, I know the first day we didn't get a lot of the character pictures, but the second day uh, for the 10K, we also ran through Epcot. We ran through the boardwalk area and then back through Epcot. And she got an incredible shot with the ball, the big Epcot ball and uh, the Guardians ride with her, her children love and that my sister had ridden the day before. I was too afraid to ride the Guardians ride. <laughs> but, um, I, but then Hannah said it was amazing. I think it was her favorite one because uh, after the 5K, we did go we did like do a very quick transition and we made it to uh, like, I think we were in animal kingdom like just after 8 AM. Like we were able to ride Everest, like right after the park opened, we had like a five minute wait. And I was very like, like kind of, I was nervous about riding Everest. I just heard about this roller coaster, but I think I, I was getting the high of the 5k and the win. And I was like, Oh, let's do it. And I think that ended up being my favorite ride of, of all, of all the ones we did. Guardians is my favorite ride. Disney doesn't have a lot of rides that are like a 10 out of 10 on like total scariness. You know, that's not, Disney's not the place to go if you're like wanting the extreme roller coaster. So I think next time, consider Guardians. It has some really good music. That's what Hannah said. She said the music, she got the song she got. I think she got uh, Tears for Fears. Um, everybody wants to rule the world. And she said it was amazing. And um, and so I don't know if this is like a, a normal thing, but it seems like when we were in the parks, we did see a lot of people who did the races and did the parks on the same day. And after doing that, after the 5k and 10k, I managed to hit all four parks. So we did do, uh, animal kingdom and Epcot after the 5k. And then after the 10k, we did magic kingdom and Hollywood studios. And I could not have done this without Shelly and Hannah because they are technology experts and could manage the Disney app and sign for rides and the virtual queues, the lightning lanes and genie, whatever. And I was very like new to that, but I think it's kind of one of those things you get the hang of. And, and I do think just seeing these Disney parks was incredible because they're beautiful and they are so different. And like you said, the rides are are not actually that scary. If you're someone like me who who is a little bit afraid of of roller coasters and you know kind of worries about motion sickness, knowing I have another race the next morning, um, uh, it was actually a really really good experience. And I think that if you set timelines for yourself so that you aren't in the park too late, it's it can work out okay. Yeah, and you can stay away from Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster, and I think you'll be okay. So those would be the ones I, I would say don't do those. Okay, we skipped both of those. So I didn't, yeah, we didn't need your advice. I think I think that one, I don't, Tower of Terror sounded, I think that one's been around for like a really long time. I, I remember like in elementary school and having friends who said they talked about that and it was like, no, no, no. I knew even back then to this day, I'm like nothing that drops like that. No, but you you did right. You, you want to go with some experts the first time in Disney, Alyssa. Hopefully day after Christmas when you went to Disneyland, you got to do some things because it can get a little bit busy. And unfortunately, you do have to circumnavigate the Genie Plus and the Lightning Lane and all these strangely named things, which we don't have for the race weekends. You cannot get a Lightning Lane to get to the front of the start. You actually have to prove that you're fast like Haley did. 
That's probably good. No, I, when I went, uh, my sister is like well-versed in uh, the, the Disney traveling and all the tricks. So we did get to do it. And I think I'm a, I didn't really realize this at the time, but I guess I am a little bit more adventurous than Haley with the rides. Cause um, you know, I, I definitely did tower of terror and guardians, um, and all of that. And so, but I do think I would have been maybe a little bit more timid if I was racing the dopey challenge too, and trying to like manage all of my highs and lows through the weekend. But Haley, I have to ask too, you know, in between the days, what was your fueling plan? Like, did you, were you fueling at Disney? Did you bring snacks? Like, how did you approach that? I mostly fueled at Disney. I will say I ate very, very well. And this is another one where Shelly made reservations because I think getting to some of the Disney dinner reservations, it takes some, some planning. And I think you have to do everything like 60 days in advance. And so she had taken care of that. And so we actually had some really good meals and we got lucky. We got to go into like the nomad lounge at animal kingdom and we were able to just like walk in. And I think that that's not always the case, but because of the race, we were ready for lunch at like 1045. So that is like a nice thing. Everything was very early. Some of our dinner reservations were at like 415. So we did just like move everything forward. But um, I ate really well. I thought the food there was fantastic. I think I know Epcot is known for food, but some of the beverages were also amazing. I had to limit myself on my cocktails because I didn't realize there were so many good drinks in Disney. Um, it's definitely a fun place to be an adult. And they're also so fancy. And there's nothing I love more than like a really fancy, fun cocktail. So I think I did get, I got like a, a special mule at Nomad Lounge in Animal Kingdom. But I was trying, I couldn't go too crazy because I'd have some hard races to go. Um, but Carissa, I, I want to know about about the half marathon day. What was going on behind the scenes there? Because we knew this storm was coming in and the decision to shorten it is a big decision. It changes the whole course. I mean, there are so many people, like you said, out on this court. It is not just the athletes, it's volunteers, it's directors. I mean, there are more cones than I've ever seen in my whole life. There's the entertainment every third of the mile that you mentioned. So when you make a course change, that changes a lot of things. It did. And it was, it's a big deal. We know to shorten a course, to change an event. You guys know from an Ironman, anytime we're shortening a swim and really that's where it tends to happen. It's a huge disappointment to a lot of people, but it's never taken lightly. So what was happening was there was a front that was going to come through. You know, it was a huge front. It wasn't a question of like, if it was going to come through, it was coming down to timing. And the issue was that it was projected to be lightning at 9am. So Haley, you can say, well, for me, the race starts at five, it's a half, like I'm done by, you know, 636, whatever, you know, so it doesn't affect me. But if you think about it, it takes an hour for people to start and they have 16 minutes per mile to finish. We wouldn't have athletes done till 930 and at 9 a.m. would be the highest concentration of people waiting for buses and in the parking lot. And should there be lightning close, there's nowhere for them to safely evacuate from that location. It's just a parking lot. So that was the concern. If lightning comes in for volunteers, for athletes, for spectators, we can't guarantee we can get them to safety. So that became the concern. So that's why it became, what can we do to guarantee that by 8.45, we have everybody on a bus? So the choice was made to start the race 15 minutes earlier and then to shorten it to what I think was like around 7.2 or 7.1 or somewhere in that range. And then I know what our entertainment team did was take all the characters that were unfortunately supposed to be in Magic Kingdom. And that's like the highlight of the race but they tried to move as many as they could to that shortened course so that, because they've already paid for the characters. They've already paid for all the stuff. So like bring it in, give people the best experience they can. And I truly know that there are probably at least 30 people. I could tell you all their names 
that from the time the 10K started to when we got up that morning did not sleep because they were on phone calls at 1.30 a.m., 2.30 a.m., 3.30 a.m., trying to see what can we do, what's the best experience we can give people, updating the website overnight, you know, moving characters, calling people, changing all this stuff. So it was not a decision they made lightly, but I think the good thing is we got to have a race on Saturday because there was a half marathon, maybe 2017 for Walt Disney World Marathon weekend that because lightning was set to strike at like 4 a.m., they had to cancel the race completely because we couldn't set up a lot of the stuff. So I know people were disappointed and I understand it's totally disappointing because especially if you're doing a challenge, it's like, well, I didn't really complete what I set out to do. Um, but I'm really proud of our team for kind of moving everything. And I'm also proud of the athletes, which you probably saw this because because they didn't get in their half marathon, they were running in the parking lot before the race. They were running in the parking lot until Disney kicked them out after the race. They were running on treadmills. They were getting in the 13.1 miles, which is what I would have done because I wasn't trying to win. But I think you were not too, you were disappointed, but you were like, my legs are okay. Yes. I, when I heard that it was going to be shortened to 7.1 miles, I was not that sad. I was mostly sad because everyone had talked about running through down main street in magic kingdom and through the castle. And I had just been there the previous day and seen how special that stretch of road is. And so I was looking forward to that, but I understood I've done, I think one of the benefits of my athletic careers, I have done so many triathlons and triathlons are modified quite frequently for safety reasons. And you just understand like no one wants this, but we have to keep people safe. And so I was glad I was glad we were able to do the race, but it was different to show up on race morning. And I think the previous two mornings I had been one of the few people kind of warming up back and forth in the parking lot. And then we show up for this, the half marathon, the shortened half marathon. And there were like hundreds of people running like laps of the parking lot, like a huge lap, all these people aiming to get extra miles in before the race start. And so I had a lot of company for that, for that warm up. And Shelly, who, uh, my friend Shelly, who I was traveling with, she, she didn't go into it planning to do the extra miles, but when she saw everyone else doing it, she, she like jumped in and she was like warming up in her star corral. And she did end up making it so that when she crossed the finish line, she was like at 13.11, which I thought was, was really cool. And I did see a lot of people afterwards still jogging or, I met some people afterwards at the hotel who were running around the hotel once the storm had passed, um, aiming to get those full 13.11 miles in. So I, I thought that was, this is actually really cool. I know. I totally, totally would have done that. I'm like the OCD person that like, you know, you got to stop your watch. on like 1.5, three, you know, you got to have that even number. So I totally would have done that. I went to the gym at like four o'clock on Saturday and there was a woman on the treadmill then and I wanted to be like honey you needed to do this earlier you have to go to bed now you have a marathon tomorrow <laughs> but she was still she was still getting it done it was amazing I, I felt like I got I got plenty of miles in on Disney property so I <laughs> um fine with that as you mentioned I do think given my training the shortened distance was was a benefit to me. And I, I was kind of unexpected. I think when I won those first three races and I savored every finish line because it was just so cool. And I love the photos and I was doing a really good job, but I had a little, a few doubts, um, going into the marathon for myself because I know what it takes to run a fast marathon. And I, I had not done that training. <laughs> so, um, 
Um, but I also really, really want to see all four parks and run through all four parks. And that is a major feature of the marathon because this is the only full marathon in all of the run Disney races, right? Yes, correct. And so what is, is what, how does that change anything? Does that change anything for you for that day? Um, are, I mean, obviously you're out there a lot longer, but you actually got to make it back to the finish line. I saw you at the finish line for that one. I would say that's the only thing that changes is that because, you know, John and I are at the start uh, and Riley for an hour, and then sometimes we get blocked in by buses and we can't get to the finish. Like I never say the, I, you were probably in the bus on the way home and I was still sending off 5k athletes. Like my husband's won 5k's never seen him win that 10k. I didn't see you. We call it the half of the half, half of the half. I wasn't back yet. So the big thing for marathon is we get there and I actually get to call in, uh, the lead athletes and our other announcers. So we all came from Disney entertainment and Cree Kelly, who this was last year, and I were, are the only ones who are like endurance industry people. So I don't know what they said when you finished, but it was probably just like, here's Haley. You know, they didn't have like your bio. Like Cree and I have like bios on the like elite, elite runners. So we try to, you know, give that little bit of like combo of like, you know, a regular race announcing and the fun of Disney. So I apologize if they, and not everybody knew how amazing you were um, in real life. <laughs> when you want like 5k day they don't even know your name because it's not chip time so I don't even know if they had your name um or not so that's the only difference for us and it's just a longer day but that's okay it's a lot of fun and we had a big storm come through I think that was it oh was very gosh. soggy like I when I was running through the last like five or six miles it was pouring rain um and which honestly if there's like a difference between Iron Man and Disney we talked a little bit about this briefly at the finish line I think, you know, the Dopey Challenge set up well for me because I am used to running a marathon on pretty tired legs and I was pretty tired going into that marathon. Um, and I, I was happy with how I paced it. I came across the line fourth, fourth woman. I mean, some of the women ran so fast. I was happy with how I paced it. And the sensations, like the physical sensations were kind of similar to running a marathon uh, off the bike to running an Ironman marathon. But the big difference was the temperature and time of day, uh, where I do think that's what makes Ironman so difficult is that you're running at 1 PM and it's so hot. And when that rainstorm came in, I was actually like, Oh, this is wonderful because I was wearing, you know, a dopey costume, which is a lot more clothing than I normally wear when I yeah. race. And, um, and so it was, I mean, the dopey costume was probably my least ambitious of my four costumes, but it, um, it was a little bit different, but it was fun. It was still very fun. And there were still so many people out there, even in this driving rain. And I thought that that was really, really neat. And I think I celebrated that finish line as much as my wins. It was still just a really, really cool experience. I mean, you threw down what a 255. So you should definitely um, celebrate that. But we had some fun too on the half of the half day. We played like only songs that talked about rain for like the last 45 minutes because it was just pouring rain for these people. Like, you know, it's raining men, blame it on the rain, like all of this kind of stuff, just just to make it fun. And when the rain came through on Sunday, we I didn't expect it. So there's these spectators just sitting there and we're covered, we're under a tent. And I just kept saying like, I'm so sorry. Like, I wish I could. Like, they're just sitting in the rain, soaked, just clapping. And they were just there to celebrate their people. And they had nowhere to go. And they just endured it just like the athletes do. It, it and, is. It's special at Disney. Go ahead, Alyssa. Yeah, Carissa, Haley's, like, talked a lot about how many spectators there are and just, like, 
the amount of volunteers that are on the course. And so, you know, is volunteering at Disney scene as like, you know, something that people are like striving to do? Is it like a fun honor to kind of get to be a part of that? Do you know, are you like privy to any of the information on how that works and like how competitive it is to get into volunteering gigs there? So I don't think it's super competitive. So if you want to come volunteer, please, <laughs> please come volunteer because you have to be there at like 2.30 for a lot of the shifts, even though you don't start till later. Uh, but a lot of times the volunteers are connected to our celebratory charity. So every race weekend has its own different celebratory charity. So this way, it was, this weekend, it was the Leukemia Lymphoma Society team and training. So you come, you're supporting that charity. We do, we have a food bank for one of the races. We have this amazing um kids cancer project as well one of the other races so they just come and they're supporting their charity a lot of times it could be athletes who are running one day and not another they'll come or it's spouses that come and you know volunteer but anywhere in the world like race volunteers are the lifeblood of the event I mean you guys know that from Iron Man people will say oh I was going to quit I was going to drop out and this volunteer said xyz so a huge shout out to the volunteers um they used to get Disney tickets and they don't anymore and that's why I think that the um the line to get in is a little bit less. There's some union things that have gone on at Disney that I'm not privy to all of that, but I do know that's been a little bit of a bummer for a lot of the volunteers. But Tom Zebart, one of our Ironman announcers, used to be a volunteer director at Disney for the marathon weekend. So he was there a lot. And that's actually why I worked for Ironman because he had to hear me so much. He was like, well, I think she could do this at Ironman. So even with the glitter on the mouse ears, he saw through and he saw my potential. <laughs> I would love to see you in with glitter and mouse ears, uh, man. And, um, or maybe just like, I mean, just a little glitter. I, I enjoyed some glitter, although it is a very long Do you, day. I don't, I Iron don't Man. think like, I don't think Iron Man Chattanooga is ready for glitter lipstick. I just, I think I would show up and it'd be like, what? <laughs> Rock and roll. I do it. It's the same family, but I just don't, maybe, I don't know. I just don't know if Iron Man's ready. Yeah, we'll give him some time. Uh, Chris, as we mentioned, you are traveling California tomorrow because there is a next level. OP is not is not the be all end all of run Disney craziness. There's a next level, and that is the Dumbo Double Dare. You do the Dopey to Dumbo. So, so I met good people job. Who are doing this. Yes, right. <laughs> so they do the Dopey Challenge, the four races at Walt Disney World in Orlando, fly across the country to California, and they do the Do Dumbo Double Dare, the 10K, and the half marathon this weekend. And obviously, you are at all of these. What do you think about about these folks? I mean, it's, it's next level, right? I think with Disney, what happens is FOMO, where you're like, I'm just going to do Dopey, and then your friends start getting in, and then you're like, wait, I want to go. And we haven't had Disneyland races. For at least it's six to seven years, it's somewhere in there. So there is a lot of like people who have never experienced running in Disneyland. So a lot of people wanting to go in this for this first time. And it is different. They're totally different experiences in Disneyland because they have less real estate than Walt Disney World. You're going to run in both parks. They have two parks there. And then you're going to get out in the streets of Anaheim. So you get that feel of like a community half marathon, but you also get the Disney. So I think that's interesting as well. And then we're going to get a lot of new people that, uh, from California, haven't ever done these races. So I don't think anybody's crazy for doing anything. I think if you want to get out there, I mean, I would have FOMO too. I think if I was a runner, I will say candidly, I don't know how people afford it or how they work because, you know, imagine it's like the beginning of the year and you're like, I'm going to be out of the office for two weeks because I'm going to run at Disney. So kudos for those people for making it work I as you guys know have a real job so it's been a little bit hard um juggling it this week too um for 2024 I'm trying to like be more present so people that have emailed me 
and I haven't answered. I'm sorry. I'm being present in the moment. And this is a Disney moment. Yeah. Same here. Same here. And before we let you go back to gymnastics, do you know which races uh, you'll be at for Ironman for the start of the year? Can you tell folks where they can see you? Uh, even if you're just in a polo shirt. I'll be, you know what? I uh, rarely am in a polo shirt, but I'll be in a Lululemon Ironman branded logo shirt. So one of our managers is going to listen to this and be like, that's right. She never wears her polo. <laughs> Only at the world championships. Um, I will be, I'm really excited to be at Ironman Texas this year. I've never been at that event. So I am super excited to kick off the year there. I'll be at Ironman 70.3 Gulf Coast. I will be at Ironman 70.3 State College, Ironman Lake Placid, Ironman Canada, Ironman Maryland, Chattanooga pending um, if I go to Nice. Then I will be, I believe, in Kona and Ironman 70.3 Florida. And I think that is my year. That's a big year. Well, Carissa, thank you so much. Thank you for your excellent energy this past weekend and for welcoming me into the run Disney family. I'm, I'm so honored to be a part of that community and I look forward to, to more Disney races in the future. I don't think I'm done yet. So I appreciate yes. it. Yes. Well, I think Alyssa, I saw a little, a little gleam in her eye. I think we can get her there on, on the West coast, but um, I'm glad you had fun, Haley. And it was really exciting watching you race um, and bringing sort of the joy that you always have at Ironman to the next level at Disney. I'm glad you could experience that. So, and thank you guys so much for having me. If anybody has any run Disney questions, let me know if anybody has any Iron Man questions, ask these two because they know more than me. Happy New Year, Iron Women podcast listeners. For those of you new to the show, we want to tell you about Pillar. Pillar is a sports micronutrition company who have developed products that intersect between pharmaceutical intervention and sports supplements for athletes. The easiest way to describe it is hydration and carbohydrates products that will take you through to the finish line. Pillar's mission is to get athletes to the start line in the best condition over and over again. After seeing athletes like 2022 Ironman world champion Chelsea Sidero and 2016 Olympic gold medalist Gwen Jorgensen post about using Pillar to improve their sleep performance, I decided to give Pillar triple magnesium a try. I take it about 60 minutes before bed, and I do actually feel like I sleep deeper and recover better. In the same way I love to start my day with a coffee, I now wind it down with a cup of Pillar Triple Magnesium and recover better for tomorrow's training. If you would like to make Pillar part of your 2024 New Year routine and you're in the US, head to thefeed.com slash Pillar and enter code FEISTY for 15% off of your first purchase. For our international listeners, head to pillarperformance.shop and that's code FEISTY for 15% off of all first-time purchases. So Alyssa, I feel like Carissa threw down a bit of a challenge to you there. And we know that you are on the mend rehabbing your knee, but after hearing this conversation and following along with my adventure a little bit, do you think you'll ever do a Disney race or a Disney challenge? You know, I have to say that I, I've done some stage racing already in trail racing and things like that. And so I I love that concept. I think I'm like, it suits me because similarly, like you have one pace that's like, you know, pretty okay. Um, I think the road racing element is out of my comfort zone, but after experiencing the Disneyland magic um, over Christmas and then hearing all of these like good things about the racing um, and probably like my own just itching to be back racing anything, I would have to say that, yeah, I mean, it's definitely on the list uh, to try out one of these years. And I mean, if you're going to go to Disneyland, you might as well do all of them and get the full experience, right? So the Dopey Challenge does seem like it's up my alley. 
I feel like it, you would, you would really like it. Have you ever done a costume race? Um, I'm trying to think if I had not, not that involved. I've definitely, I used to run in skirts. That was like when running skirts were big, I used to run in running skirts. So I feel like I'm prepped and like primed. I loved it. Um, for costume running, but I don't think I've worn like, a like ears before, but never, I don't think a full costume, maybe like a, no, nothing really. Everything was like running clothes that I tried to sell as like a theme. Right. Um, yeah. but not full on costume. And I do think I would like it. I mean, why not? I, I love, I like costumes. I can do I that. highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. Well, a couple of my friends, you know, Shelly and my sister and then my friend Megan, who wasn't able to make this trip with us, we are already penciling in January 2025 to possibly do the Disneyland races. Oh, so okay. that Dumbo double dare with the 10K and the half marathon that Chris is headed to this weekend. Uh, instead, we'll go West Coast, which I think the jet lag will be a little bit easier to go West Coast. And um, I I have, you know, about a year to come up with new costume ideas. So that is tentatively on our schedule. We'll be trying to get into those races when they open up uh, later this year. So if you want to join, you know, let me know. It could be fun. But otherwise, Alyssa, thanks for letting me share all the magic this week. And Thank you to Carissa Galloway for coming on in her brief interlude between uh, announcing gigs. It was fun to chat with her. Enjoy some recovery this week, Haley. Talk to you next week. Bye, Alyssa. You've been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Feisty Media and is edited by Lydia Russell and produced by Ella Natishan. Head to livefeisty.com to find more podcasts, stories, and fresh perspectives. Thanks for listening.